0: give your pastor and first lady a hand this morning amen oh come on he's better than that y'all need to give them a hand amen y'all have got top shelf leadership here and i'm just amazed every time that i come at the growth and the all that god has been has been doing uh here at your church it's just uh literally amazing there's faces that i see that i love to see every time i come but there's also new faces each time we come and it's just uh uh, it's just amazing, so we praise God for it. I am a full-time evangelist. God, God has there's a fivefold ministry gift that God gave uh, to the church, and 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 we we see it very relevant. Uh, how many of you remember the story when when Jesus raised Jairus's daughter? Anybody know, know that? Remember that story? Well, if you remember when he got there, that that uh, the people said she's dead, she's dead, and and Jesus told everybody to get out, everybody get out of the room, get out of the room, except for Peter, James, and John, and the daddy and the mama of the young girl. And, and then he, he turned and he prayed, and he actually spoke in tongues. He said, to lift thy, to live thy come I. was just being interpreted, damsel arise. And he took her by the hand, and she got up. And she turned, he turned to those five and said, now give her something to eat. Make sure she, she gets meat. Wow. Well, I, God spoke to me one day, and, and, and he showed me something I never realized about that miracle. He told everybody to get out of the room except Peter, James, and John, and Daddy, and Mama. There's a five-fold ministry gift that God talks about in His Word. He said He's given these gifts to the church. He's given some to be apostles, some evangelists, some prophets, some pastors, and some teachers. Whenever Jesus was setting up for that miracle, He was revealing to us the importance of all five. You see, Peter was an apostle, Apostle Peter. James was an evangelist. He, he, he was a Evangelist James. John was a prophet. He wrote the book of Revelation. Daddy, the daddy's always the pastor or high priest of the home, and the mama is the teacher. He put those fivefold ministry gift together, and then he saw the next generation rise up. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the next generation to rise up and serve God. So we need that five-fold ministry gift. As as I have a product table out there, there's a couple of things I, I like to share. Uh, our newsletters out there amen and we've been doing this for five years. we've preached 193 revivals and seen 885 people give their life to Jesus Christ. Can somebody give God praise right there? Amen. We're doing a lot of different different stuff. you can get our newsletter and it's out there on the table matter of fact if I can get somebody that knows you that knows you don't have Rona can somebody help me? amen. If you didn't if you didn't bring Rona to the church today, amen, if you could snap out there and hold them newsletters up at the end of the service and hand them to people that want them, I'd appreciate it. Then I have a coloring book that one of y'all's guys here in Kentucky, Mitchell toll, made for his children's church. He pastors in Lexington. It's called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. And it's got pictures of Bible characters and very powerful coloring book for a donation of any any kind. He gave me the full rights to that. I didn't draw none of it. He did, but uh, 100% of that goes to help us with our school work. We go into schools now and minister. I want to tell you one quick story, and then I'll, I'll do the word. There's a man in, in, in South Georgia. name Sam. His wife is named Jennifer. His daughter's name's Hannah. His son's name's Caleb. A week ago, well, almost about 10 days ago now, well, no, about two weeks ago now, his son Caleb uh, was in Albany, Georgia, was, was, was murdered. He was even 18 years old, he was robbed and murdered. Now, Sam's a pastor. Him and Jennifer are a pastor of one of our churches. Well, I lost our, we lost our son, Debbie and I did, um, 10 years ago. And so I've kind of got a ministry of ministering to people that lose a child. Now, that's one of the hardest things that you'll ever go through. And that, that's the reason God chose that to pay for our sins. It's the hardest, it's the biggest price you could uh, you could pay. So naturally, the overseer calls me, and they do that all over the country. When a pastor loses a child, and they call me. Well, several years ago, when we first started this ministry five years ago, uh, we, we we knew that whenever we lost Travis, we needed a place to go, just for a little while, just to get away and just go. So God spoke to us to build a, a sabbatical house on our farm, a house for ministers or people that lo- lose a child can come and stay and get their legs put back, get their feet back under them. Well, Sam, Sam and Jennifer and Hannah uh, came and stayed. They've been they've been at the sabbatical house for about seven days. Uh, they came. They 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 left to go up to the mountains to some kin folks uh, uh, this past Wednesday. And he 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 called me and testified to this fact. He said you saved our lives, us being able to get away, just stay on your farm, see the cows, see the horses. Uh, I got an ATV, a mule. They call it, a Kawasaki mule. Get on it and just ride around and just not have no agenda and just love on each other. Said it's been amazing. Well, you're a part of that. Because I've preached here a couple of times since we started this, and, and naturally the offerings go to do the ministry. You're responsible for putting uh, that sabbatical house together, and we continue to offer that free of charge. We don't charge anybody anything uh, to come. We let our the the, the the proceeds from our ministry, our 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 table and different things we put, we cover that, and that's so much needed. How many of you know ministry outside the outside the four walls of the church? is where God's trying to take us to. Can somebody help me? Amen. He had to make a man bat bite a bat in China and shut down all the churches in Georgia or in the United States to get us outside worshiping, outside the wall. Can somebody help me? Amen. A bat gave his life so that you'll go tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. You can do it in Walmart because you can't catch corona at Walmart. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, and I trust and hope, uh, that you do If you'll turn with me to the book of 1 Peter 1 Peter chapter 5 I'm going to begin reading in verse 5 And I'm going to read down through verse 11 uh, I don't take preaching lightly I'm always honored when I get to stand behind uh, This sacred desk and bring the word This morning God gave me a specific word uh, To preach at that hour This morning, now he's, he's just led me to preach Most of the time when I do two services You preach the same message Because it's a message to the church But God knew you were going to be here he knew you were going to be here. I don't know who you, I don't know everybody here. I know some of y'all, y'all become personal friends of mine, uh, amen, and, and and some very close friends. I had a good friend named John Martin, amen. I used to come and stay in the rock house, but I got to thinking, Pastor, uh, what a while whenever whenever the worship was going on, you know how God will speak to you when worship's going on. And last time I stayed at the rock house was during the time they were planting corn. And he worked me harder than a Hebrew slave with no straw straw that day. That way. This time it's the time he sold the corn. And he called and said, You can't stay at the rock house. I don't understand. I don't understand it. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But if you'll look with me in First Peter chapter five, begin reading in verse five. If you don't mind standing in reverence to the reading of the word of God. First Peter chapter five, begin reading in verse verse five. Don't worry about the time. I never preach over 15 minutes, amen. I just usually preach four times every time I get up, amen. First Peter chapter 5, begin reading in verse 5. He said, Likewise you younger, submit yourself to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time in all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions, the same thing the world goes through, we're tempted with it as Christians, the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace who has called us into this eternal glory by Christ Jesus? After you've suffered a little while, how I many of you know you got to go through some junk if you're gonna live on this side of heaven? Those preachers that say, "Send me hundred dollars and everything'll be great. Your dog'll come home. Your truck'll crank. Your husband'll lose weight and your wife'll be a blind." They' lying to you. Can somebody help me? Amen. Now, if you believe that, give me hundred dollars. We'll see if it'll happen. But I ain't gonna promise nothing. Can somebody? He said, "After you suffer a little while, may He make you perfect." establish strengthen and settle you to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen father thank you for your word i ask you god to anoint me again this day father god you can use anything you can do anything with anybody and i ask you lord this morning to preach me let the gift stir up inside of me and let me preach god is just a simple messenger from the throne, from the master. God, I pray that your word accomplishes what you desire. Speak to every person here, anoint our ears, our heart, that we may hear and apply what thus saith the Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Before you sit down, look at your neighbor, look him down the eye, and say, if you don't smile, I'm going to kiss you right in the mouth. Amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I want to talk to you this morning on a simple thought that, 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 that that a lot of people have kind of perverted. I want to talk to you about grace. Amazing grace is the title uh, of my message this morning. Now, as I begin to think about the grace of God, it's impossible for my mind to comprehend uh, everything about, about grace. I heard a I heard someone try to define grace one time, and, and they defined it, they told they defined it by telling the story, and I, I listened to it intently. He told a story about a very wealthy man that owned some gold fields in a, in Alaska and, and he, he was very wealthy and one of his gold mines he had to get to he had to get through by a dog and a dog sled and and he had a servant that would ride out there with him they had equipment and they were taking the equipment he and his servant was driving out or riding out the dog sled out into the wilderness to where, in, of Alaska where the gold mine was they noticed a dust cloud behind them a snow cloud, a dust cloud of snow behind them and it was following them and they realized that there was a pack of wolves that was following them everywhere that they went. Knowing that the wolves were getting closer as the dust as the dust as the dust cloud came closer, they began to throw off equipment, just throwing it off, so that the dogs could run faster. But they got closer and closer. Now they can make out the wolves. The wolves are getting closer. They're trailing not only after the dogs, but after the men that were on on the sled. As the dogs got so close that literally they were nipping at the heels of the men that were on that sled, the servant looked at his master, flung himself off, the servant did the wolves stopped and devoured the servant and the rich man and the dogs made it to safety I read that and I said well Lord that, that sounds like grace but, but not, not the kind of grace I want to talk to you about it would have been closer if the rich man had thrown himself off amen and let the servant live that would have been closer to the grace we got from Jesus can somebody help me amen I heard another story one time of someone uh, feebly trying to describe what grace is, and they talked about a man that, that his job was to work down at the trustle. He worked for the railroad, and his job was to raise the trestle for the tugboat to come under and to lower the trustle for the train to go across the river. Uh, at the school, his young boy had a day of spend the day with your dad at work, and he was so excited that his son was going to get to come and spend the day with him. His wife packed a very nice lunch, and, and they went down and took a little bit, early about 11.30 to raise the trussel for the 12 o'clock tugboat to come through. They were going to enjoy their lunch, watch the tugboat, see the river and it was just going to be a good time. The tugboat came by and it was amazing. They lost track of the time and in the distance they heard. They heard the 1 o'clock train coming. They heard the whistle. The dad looked at his young son and said, son stay here now. Stay here. I've got to run and lower the trussel for the train to go across. So he took off and ran up the hill. He grabbed the big lever and he pulled it to lower the trussel as the big gears begin to turn, something caught the corner of his eye and he looked down and his son had disobeyed him and followed him, got too close to the gears in his jacket. His jacket was hung in those gears. He immediately stopped with the lever. Now he's got a choice to make. Does he pull the lever and at the cost of his son? Or does he, or does he just let his son live at the cost of all these people on this passenger, passenger train? He's only having a few seconds. The train's getting closer, the whistle's blowing. In agony, he pulled the lever down lowering the trussle through his arm into his or through his face into his arm and began to weep as the train went across the trussle he could see through the windows there were people laughing there were people eating there were people having a good time and he screamed out if you only knew the cost that was paid for you to live the cost of my son boy!" I read that and or heard that and a tear began to roll down the corner of my eyes I said God that's got to be grace he said no that boy fell in there because of an accident I set my son on purpose Can somebody help me just a minute amen so it's impossible for us to fathom what grace is but but I, I'm hearing I'm hearing a lot of pastors tell me and they ask me what do you feel about this hyper grace that if you got the grace of God and I hear Christians say it all the time they do things that are wrong and they say thank God for grace like, like grace gives them a ticket to get by with anything they want to get by with y'all grace requires more of you than the law did in the Old Testament can somebody help me what do you mean uh, Jesus 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 said it like this. He said, you know, it's written... That if a man commits adultery, he he shall be put to death. But I say unto you, if a man looks at a woman and lusts after her, you've committed adultery. Am I making sense in this building? He said, "You've heard it written that if you commit murder, if you commit murder, that you that you, that, that that you shall be put to death. But I say unto you, if you're angry with your brother without a cause, you've committed murder against him. You can think about it now and it's a sin. Am I, am I making? I hope I'm making sense. Wow. So I got I, I, as an evangelist ministers, we have to we have to preach the balance of the word of God. Just because you came down an altar when you were twelve years old and you prayed a prayer with a preacher, that didn't give you the right to get up and live any old kind of way. Grace is more than that. Can somebody help me? Amen. I've heard people describe grace as unmerited favor, and certainly that is a good definition of grace in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8 and verse 9. He said, For by grace are you saved. There ain't no other way to be saved except by the grace of God. Through faith. Notice that. Through faith. And not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Look at verse 9. Not of works lest any man should boast. Now he noticed this. He told me I'm saved by grace. So we often say that it's unmerited favor. One of my favorite songs about grace is talks about it being unmerited favor. You know what unmerited favor it means? It didn't cost you anything. But I've done showed you in the scriptures I've already read to you today that grace costs you two things. You can't have grace without humility and you can't have grace without faith. So it merits something so it can't be unmerited favor. It tells me I have to be humble and it tells me I have to have faith. Grace, grace is giving us something we don't deserve. Now mercy is keeping us from something we do deserve. If there's anything that's unmerited favor, it would be mercy and not grace. I'm glad I can tell you that the psalmist wrote surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you're thankful for the grace and the mercy of God, would you give Give him a praise right now that the devil would be jealous of. Amen. Amen. So if grace is just something, amen, to save me, and this is where I want to get into the to the message. If grace is just something that saves me, by grace I am saved. But if that's the only reason that it's, that it's there, then it'll cause me to have a ticket, like I said earlier, to sin. Now you've got churches popping up all across America that, that they uh, there, there's churches that'll marry a man to a man, and there's churches that'll marry a woman to a woman. These churches that believe that abortion is what it ought to be, and, Uh, that it ought to be legal and a person ought to have the right to choose to to kill. No, the choice is made before you go to the bedroom. Can somebody help me? Amen. That's where the choice is supposed to be made. Once there's life in that that womb, no, your choice of that life is done. Can somebody help me? Amen. God, help us to understand. If you stop a heart from me, I'm a hunter. I hunt deer. I hunt bear. I hunt turkey. I, I even hunt squirrel. Can somebody help me? Amen. Since this corona happened, I've hunted blackbirds and bluebirds. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But 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 hear me. When I shoot something, you know how I know it's dead? It's because its heart ain't ain't, ain't beating no more. If that heart's beating and you stop it, you killed something. You killed a life. And I know, I know we're not here to have a political rally. If we did, we ought to go burn something down. Can somebody help me? Amen. But what I will say is this. If you stop a heart from beating, you've killed it. And every time there's a baby aborted, we kill a baby. Can somebody help me? Amen. Now, this lady that just passed away, and, and, and our president, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, that's up to you. But our president's getting ready to nominate somebody to the Supreme Court that's anti-abortion, and for the first time in my lifetime, amen, or my grown-up lifetime, we've got we're going to have a Supreme Court that's on, that's off balance the other way. And I believe we're going to see Roe versus Wade reversed, and we're going to see where it's illegal to go to a doctor and take scissors and stick it in the back of a baby's head, suck its brains out, and deliver it dead, and call it abortion. Am I making Sense. Now I don't know why I'm stuck on that for a minute, but the baby ain't the only victim. I, I was a part of the of the of the of the pro life uh, society in, in Georgia, and they had a big service at my church, and 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 they had me preach it. And I don't know why I'm saying this, but but anyway, they put a casket out in front of the of the pulpit, and I was to preach a memorial service for all the babies that have been aborted. And they had women there, and they had little baby dolls in the back, and and little just little baby dolls they had made. And if you had an abortion, you was to go down there and get a baby and come lay it in this casket to so have release, release from the what you had done. One lady come down with seven babies in her arms and and her seven dolls and I watched her put each one in that casket. I was behind the pulpit and she named them and she wept and she was so broken and so hurt that she actually became got saved and became a member of her church and it took me a while but we built her back up and she's a great, great warrior for God now. But there's more victims than just the baby. Can somebody help me? Amen. And I don't know what your politics are and I don't care but God God, help us as a church to stand on the right side of the word and know. Amen. But people will take grace If we're not careful, they'll take that grace and say, well, thank God for grace. I know I done wrong, but thank God for grace. And then, then look, look what happens in Romans. Just give, give me that, that next scripture. Amen. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. He said, more of the law entered that the offenses might abound. But where sin abound, grace did much more abound. I thank God for grace. Look at verse 21. And we're going to go all the way down to chapter 6, verse 2. He said, well, I, I, was, I put a dash there to go from Romans chapter 5 through, a, through Romans chapter 6. I didn't write it down right because I know that man back there, and he's perfect in all that he does. Amen. In Romans chapter 5. Verse 20, Amen. It said, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where the where where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Verse 21 says that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life of Jesus Christ our Lord. Chapter 6. This goes right into chapter 6. That's the last verse of chapter 5. What shall we then say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? If we're not careful, we'll take grace. And a lot of folks are saying this, this hyper grace, that it don't matter what you do, it don't matter how you live, you can be. Let me just show you this scripture just so I can make, make things a little clearer. And this scripture is kind of hard, so just bear with me. I wouldn't even say this if it wasn't in the Bible. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and look what it says beginning in verse 9. He said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now... It's your fault because I gave you that scripture. Amen. First Corinthians, there you go, chapter 6 and verse 9. He said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Now look what he says, be not deceived. Now why would he say be not deceived? Because if you're not careful, you'll be deceived about what the word says. So don't let the enemy deceive you. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators. What's a fornicator? That's people that have sex with people and they're not married. That's what that is. Now there's some churches say, as long as you're not married. I know one church that hand out uh, handed out condoms to their young people. Say, well you're going to do it anyway instead of preaching abstinence. Are you still, are you still with me? Amen. He said fornicators ain't going to inherit the kingdom of God. Nor adulterers. What's an adulterer? That's people that put stuff ahead of God. We see a lot of that on Super Bowl Sunday. Amen. Amen. He said nor adulterers. Adulterers is somebody that has sex with somebody and they're married but not to them. Are you still with me? Amen. Nor adulterers. Nor nor effeminate. Effeminate is is a man having sex with man and women have, it's gay. It's homosexuality. Nor 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 abusers of themselves with mankind. That's people that sucks drugs up their nose and makes all their teeth fall out and will steal their mama's microwave Wave to buy some more amen nor thieves that's people that don't pay tithes nor covetous that's people that's people that are jealous of people that do pay tithes amen nor drunkards that's people that drink can somebody help me Boy, I'm losing y'all amen amen nor drunkards now what's a drunkard somebody that drinks I had a guy ask me not long ago brother Moxley said how much you got to drink to be a drunkard I said I don't know how many men would I have to kiss to be gay he said one. I said a beer ought to do it then, hadn't it? Amen. Nor drunkards, nor revilers. A reviler is somebody that starts trouble. Nor extortioners. That's pastors that takes up offerings for the evangelist and don't give it to him. Amen. I just made that up. Amen. Amen. Shall inherit. None of these are going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if it stopped right there, we'd be in trouble. A lot of us would be in trouble. I would be in trouble. I was guilty of some of those things. Let me go ahead and say, effeminate wasn't one of them. Can somebody help me? Amen. I'm like my daddy. My daddy said, son, I don't understand that spirit. I ain't never seen but one ugly woman, and she looked pretty good. Amen, amen. Amen. But look where he kept on. He didn't stop right there, verse 11. And such were some of you. I like that, were, not are, were some of you. But you've been washed. But you've been justified. But you've been, oh my good, you've been sanctified. In the name of, that's what grace done. It didn't make you keep doing what you were. You admit it. You quit it, and then you forget it. I like that, what the man said a while ago. But grace is not something that gives you permission to keep living the way you was living when he found you. Grace is what it takes to change. Grace is what it takes to be justified, just if I'd never sinned. I don't know about you. I thank God for grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Grace, it's so much more than something that just saves us. Can somebody help me? Amen. If grace is just there to save us from our sins, and I'm glad it did, but why did Jesus need grace? He had never sinned. Well, Jesus didn't need grace. Well, you better read your Bible in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 14 through verse 17. Look what it says, John chapter 1. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten, forgotten of the Father, full of grace, He had to to be full of, he didn't need, I don't care what people say, uh, our Savior did not need a Savior. Are you still with me? Uh, All of sin. No, 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 no. Jesus was without sin and spotless that's the reason he's the only way I know some people well Jesus is one of the ways no if you're going to get to the heaven he built the only way to get there is through him he's the door you got to go you got to go through and if you ain't accepted Jesus you ain't going to heaven that's just bottom bottom line but he needed he was full of grace and truth look at verse 15 Wow, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for for he was before, before me. Look at verse 16. And of his fullness, amen. Have all we received grace for grace verse 17 for the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ God help us that grace is great grace is amazing grace is wonderful but there's a more definition to it than unmerited favor there's a bigger definition to it than just salvation because I'm saved by grace yes I'm not taken away from that but there's got to be something else if Jesus needed grace amen then I need more grace than just what it took for me to come down oh I came down the altar the third son night. Night of April, uh, third Sunday night of April 1989 and I gave my life to Jesus Christ and he filled me with the whole it took grace to get me from that fifth pew from the back all the way down to that altar and it was grace that saved me and it was grace that turned my life around but I needed more grace than that can somebody help me amen so God gave me a definition of grace and if you're one of those that writes down notes I want you to write this down what is grace Grace is the empowering presence of God, enabling me to be what He created me to be and do what He's called me to do. We've got too many Christians that that sit on the pew and they say, well, I just can't. I just don't know how. I'm just not talented. You need grace. Because grace is the enabling, oh, is the enabling presence of God. Of the empowering presence of God that enables you to be what He created you to be and do what He's called you to do. I can't stand up here and preach to people like you if it wasn't for grace. I can't step out and be an evangelist in a world that don't have revival anymore if it wasn't for grace. I couldn't quit my job at the nuclear plant as a welder and go go be a preacher. My daddy said, son, you're the craziest young and I've raised. Amen, amen, amen. But hear me, if it wasn't for grace you can't build that new church that y'all gonna build if it's not for grace. You can't get up and be what you ought to be if it wasn't for grace. The empowering presence of God that causes you to be what enables you to be, what you're created to be, and do what he's called you to do. Now hear me because I'm going to make you mad, but you gotta, you got to love me anyway or you're not going to get to heaven. Amen, amen. Listen, some of us in this building are called to do some things that we're not doing because we don't feel qualified. We don't feel like we're able. You know what you need? A big old dose of grace because it will empower you to do what he's called you to do to do, a lot of you think I can never be anything. I, I, we built two drug rehabs in Jessup while I was the pastor there. One for men called the Free Heart Center. One for women called Change Crib. And, and they're still thriving and I hate to say that it's not good when you brag on a drug drug rehab staying full but they stay full all the time uh, and, and it's changing people. We have a success rate of 57 or they have, I don't, I'm not a part of it now, 57%. You might say well that ain't much. 57 out of 100 gets delivered, but secular without Jesus has a 1 to 3% success rate. 1 to 3 out of 100 in secular rehabs get get delivered. What am I trying to say? What does, the, what does the church rehab have that the secular rehab don't? Grace. Can somebody help me? Grace. Grace. I've had people stand in my office, in my office and at the church I pastored, I, I put a restroom right behind my desk and, and I have people, women and ladies alike that'll come in to, to for me to counsel with drugs and oftentimes I'll sling the door of that restroom open and there's a big full length mirror there because I have to you know, make sure everything's zipped and buttoned before I walk I walk out you know and so so there's a full length mirror and I'll walk around my desk and say look right there show me." Well, tell me what you see and I've had them melt in the middle of the ground because they see nothing they melt in the middle, they fall down weeping because they see somebody that's hopeless they see somebody that can't make it they see somebody that can't get up and I've reached down and took men and women to lie by the hand and picked them up and say, now look at yourself and let me tell you what Jesus sees. Jesus sees somebody that was worth him going to Calvary to die for, not so that you could be a drug addict, not so you can be a dope head. he done that so you could live free and be what he created you to be and do what he's called you to do. It's grace. The first time we find out about grace is in the book of Genesis chapter 6. Look at this. Noah, the Lord said, I'm going to destroy man. Of whom I created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and all the creeping things, and the fowls of the air, for it repent. I'm sorry that I made, that I made them. God was sorry that he made us in his image. Are you with me? He was sorry that he made us. Now, a lot of people try to take and mess up the word of God. It's scientists and I love scientists because scientists find facts, but sometimes idiots find things and they try to prove God wrong and that's just dumb. Can somebody help me? Amen. It's just dumb. I heard I had one guy say, "Oh well, you know, you preach that the the Bible, the man started six thousand years ago. They have found they have found a a, a, a cave men' skulls back millions years ago." I heard a preacher get up and preach one time. That uh, they say they got dinosaurs. There's no such thing as a dinosaur. I wanted to stand up and say, y'all, I, they found one. I went to Smithsonian and saw it. They got, they got it. And so we got to be careful. Do I believe in dinosaurs? Yes. I didn't believe in cavemen. I believe the earth was made and it was it was there and God kicked the devil out of heaven and he messed it all up so God sent a flood and wiped everything out. Are you with me? And then God stepped out on the, on the face of it in Genesis chapter 1 the Bible said the earth was void and without form and it was covered with water. I believe that's when all the dinosaurs and the cavemen was wiped out. Can somebody help me? And he created it as we know it. I didn't come from a monkey. Can somebody help me? Amen. I was created in the image of God and if you believe we came from a Monkey, that takes more faith than mine. Can somebody help me? You believe that two amoebas got together in a mud hole. Somebody said an explosion. They grew tails. Are you still with me? They decided to crawl up a tree and eat bananas, amen, and one day they cut off their tails and run for office, and that's where we get politicians, amen, amen, and amen. But hear me, hear me close. I believe that God spoke it 6,000 years ago, and I ain't created after no monkey. I went to that Smithsonian Institute, and they said the bear is a cousin to man. I bear hunt. I've killed five bears. I said, Lord, I've kept, I'm wiping out my family one at a time. Amen. Amen. I don't believe I'm cousin to a bear. I don't believe I'm a grandson to a monkey. I believe I was created in the image of God, and He gave me grace to be what He created me to be, and He gave me grace to do what He's called me to do. But look what it says. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It wasn't just a saving. Are you with me? He took that grace. And he saved his whole family in preservement. I like to deer hunt. If it wasn't for Noah, I couldn't hunt no deer. He put two of them on that boat. Can somebody hear me? Amen. I I got a few cows. I like my cows. If I wouldn't have none, if Noah hadn't are you still with me? Matter of fact, I wouldn't even be here. You wouldn't either if Noah hadn't found. But he didn't find grace just to save Noah. He found grace so that he could do what he was be what he was created to be and do what he was called to do he built a boat y'all and put two of everything on it except those that'll sacrifice and come to sunday school he put seven of them on there amen amen but but hear me he put two you got to have faith to get on a wooden boat with two woodpeckers you got to have faith to get on a wooden boat with two termites and he floated around not for 40 days like some people say it was over a year can somebody help me that he was on that boat he he didn't do he didn't do that because he was saved, he done that because he had grace, he was able to build a boat and he was able to save mankind because of the grace of God I don't know about you, but yes God, I'm glad that you saved me I'm so glad, I couldn't go to heaven if you hadn't saved me, but if it wasn't for your grace, I couldn't, be cre- I couldn't become what you created me to be, and I certainly couldn't do what you called me to do, you know what my prayer is for this service, that God pours out his grace in such a way that teachers will stand up and say I know I can teach because of the grace of God. I know I can worship because of the grace of God. I know I can preach because of the grace of God. I know I can save my family because of the grace of God. God help me to understand He didn't just save me to get me to heaven He saved me to be His hands extended in this present world that I'm living in. Whoa! So grace the empowering presence of God that enables me to be what He creates create me to be a fornicator he didn't create me to be an adulterer he didn't create me to be a drunkard he didn't create me am i making sense to be what he created me to be and do what he's called me to do amazing amazing grace as i think about grace i begin to look I begin to look about about the different definitions or the different things. Look at First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse ten. Look what Paul writes about 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 grace. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored. He didn't. Wait a minute. Wait, you're telling me you labored? Grace made you labor? I thought grace was just me coming down shaking hands with the preacher and then sitting on the pew complaining about the air conditioning until you come. Are you with me? I thought grace was me just coming 2.7 times a month and paying tithe if I don't have a boat payment and, and coming. I thought I thought grace was just something that gave me permission to come down the altar and get saved when I was 12 and, and everything's just great and everything's just wonderful and, and now I've I went to a funeral one time of a guy. I wasn't preaching it. And this guy was a skulldugger. I mean, he was a skulldugger. I won one of his wives to the Lord. And and, 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 and and so I felt like I needed to go to the funeral because the daddy of one of her kids was there. And so I went to the funeral. And, and I sat there. Now, on the front row, he had he had three women pregnant, an ex-wife, a wife, and a girlfriend. All three of them pregnant at the same time with me he died because he was drunk and riding the wrong way on a four lane highway on a motorcycle and hit a semi right between the lights so did he have time to pray I hope he did but it probably I don't know I mean you hit a semi we got love bugs down at, in South Georgia there ain't none of them got time to pray when they hit my windshield can somebody help me amen and so then, all this happened so this guy was a skull dugger and this preacher gets up and this is what he says he looks at them And he said, I know what some of y'all are thinking. I know what some of y'all got in your mind that he's in hell. But I know for a fact, I was with him at youth camp. He got saved when he was 12, and that secured him for... No, that grace got him saved at 12, but he threw the grace away. Can somebody help me? He needed that grace to be what he was created to be, Beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but I know when he appears we'll be like him, for we'll see him as he is. Grace gets me there. Can somebody help me? Amen. And to do what he was called to do. Paul says, I am what I am because of grace, and the grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. It made me labor more abundantly, more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God, that stuff that was in him that came from God that caused him to be what he was created to be and to do what he was called to. To do. Anybody here say to God, I need more grace. Anybody here today say, God, I need more grace. It was saving grace. Grace and power go together. Now hear me, because I, I I'm an evangelist and I know I'm gonna leave and, and hopefully he'll still let me come back in the first quarter of next year. But but I know I'm an evangelist. It's easy to come in, blow up, blow out, and go on. Amen. But 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 hear me. Look in Acts 14, verse 3. Look at this. We're not seeing miracles. Like we used to see, we seen some miracles. One revival I was here. Remember we had that, that that it was just great. Amen. But but I still talk about that. But but hear me. We're not seeing the miracle. We're not seeing people. I go to churches and it's been seven eight years since they baptized anybody. I, I I go to people and and I'm the I go to churches and I'm the youngest guy there and I'm 58 years old, and I'm the youngest guy there. I would be the youth group at that church. Our churches are getting older and older and the people are dying off and we're not winning the young people. Am I making sense? Something's going on here. But 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 hear me. He said long time therefore both they speaking boldly in the Lord which gave testimony of the of the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Listen, grace not only is something that'll save me But it'll bring signs and wonders to me. Amen. That I can leave and show this next generation that the God I serve, he was more than just somebody I felt guilty about what I'd done on a Saturday night and came in on a Sunday morning and came down and asked the preacher, amen, to pray a little prayer with me and go on. I went right back doing what I was doing last Saturday night, this Saturday night. No, it's more than that. He said, I'll give you the grace so that signs and wonders shall follow you and people will know these signs shall follow them that believe in me. In my name, They'll cast out devils how many when's the last time you saw a devil cast out people say well we don't have devils now Are oh, you're crazier than a sprayed roach can somebody help me amen oh my goodness we don't have devils now for somebody to rape a youngin they got a devil for somebody to stand up and say that pe- pe- uh, pe- pelophenalia whatever that word is that it that they ought to make it legal because that's just sexual oh, what did I say that's what I said right there amen they ought to make it legal because that's just somebody's sexual orientation. Somebody's got a devil somebody's got a devil. Are you still with me? Somebody's got a devil. If you They they found, what, 30-something kids in a double-line trailer in South Georgia. I was preaching at a at a church in Perry, Georgia, which is right outside of Macon, uh, and on my way down there, I was listening to the radio, and they found a double-line trailer. I think it had 32 kids uh, in it that were selling for sex trade. Some of them as young as five and six years old. And I got up at that church. The church is small. It's not a big church. And I got up and said this. I said, y'all 20 miles from that trailer and they had more youth in their trailer than you got in your church. Seems like they're working harder for their God than we are for our God. Am I making sense in this building? For somebody to rape an 8 year old, they got a devil. For somebody to go buy meth and suck it up their nose till all their teeth fall out and then steal their mama's jewelry and sell it so they can get some more, they got a devil. Can somebody help me? Amen. For somebody to beat up on a woman, they got a devil. For somebody to abuse a child, they got a devil can somebody help me amen and the church is sitting around saying we need a counselor we need to elect conservatives no we need grace so that signs and wonders will follow us and those devils that people come in with they're not happy living with the devil they want it gone and they're looking for somebody that's full of grace that enables them to be what they're created to be and do what they're called to do he said in my name they'll cast out devils they'll speak with new tongues he said, he said if, they, if a snake bites them, they won't even die. Are you with me? If they drink any damn thing, if somebody tries to poison you. Am I making sense here? If you make it, it won't bother you. You'll lay hands on sick people, and they'll recover. All because of grace following us. I heard a story one time. We got to get hungry for grace and not settle for anything less. I heard a story one time about this. These, these these world leaders got together, and they was some leaders in another country that needed to be taken out. So they put in to hire an assassin to take these take these people out. So in the undercover world, they advertised for an assassin. They needed somebody to take these particular leaders out to deliver the people in that country. So they come in. And the first guy they interviewed, they said, "Would you would you kill anybody? They would tell you to kill. Yes, we will." Yes, I will. I'm an assassin. That's what I do. So they gave him a gun. He said, here, your wife's in the room next to us. Here, go over and shoot her. He looked at man and said, I can't shoot my wife. I love my wife. Give me back the gun. You ain't qualified. Next man comes in. Same story. Would you shoot anybody we tell you to? Yes, I will. Here's a gun. Your wife's in the other room. Go there and shoot her. He went in and stayed a few minutes, come out crying. I can't shoot my wife. I love her. Then there was a woman from Kentucky. That came in and same question. Would you shoot anybody? She said, there "Ain't nobody. I'm gonna shoot if you'll give me the job. I want that job." And he said, "Well, here we got your husband in the room next to you. Take this gun. Go over there and shoot him. You got the job." She went over to the next door. Pow, 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 pow. Then you hear a big crash and just everything tearing up. She comes out and wipes wiping her forehead. And they said, "What in the world happened?" Said that gun you gave me was full of blanks. I had to beat him to death with the chair he was sitting in. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That story probably ain't true, but hear me. She was from Georgia. Can somebody help me? Amen. But hear me. We need to be so aggressive after the grace of God that we don't settle for anything else. I said this this morning in the early service. And, and I said, what, what 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 price is enough for you to bail out on God? That stuff we said we wouldn't do, we're doing now. And what, what Where does the price get too much? I don't know. I'm not a conspiracy theory person but I am a Bible person, and I read in that Bible where in the last days they're going to take a mark before they can buy anything or sell anything during tribulation, and, and I used to think that could never happen. That can't ever happen, but now everybody in here got to wear a mask to Walmart. Are you still with me? If you don't, everybody looks like, it, like you shot their dog last night. Amen. But listen, what would happen if they come in and said, okay, you're going to take the vaccine? We're gonna put this chip in your hand so that we'll know that you have taken this vaccine. And other people, am I making sense here? Right. Now I, it's easy for me to say I wouldn't do it, but I got an eight, I got a five, six, and eight-year-old grandson. A six, five, five—not five and five, six, five, eight, and nine grandsons. Uh, I got to get it right. I'm getting old. Five-year-old Brookston, he'll be six next week. I got an eight-year-old Bro, uh, Brody, and I got a ten-year-old Braden. who will be eleven next week. So I got five, eight, and ten grandsons. If they come to me and says, "Papa, I'm hungry," and I went down to the grocery store and said, "You got to have a chip before I can see any food," well, they won't know. I had I had Corona for fifteen days. The CDC called me. They knew I had Corona. There's an app on your phone right now. I heard this on the news. They're texting people telling them they need to quarantine because they've been exposed to somebody with corona and you've been closer than 15 feet from them, and they can tell that by your phone. Everybody's got to have a phone. I was riding home the other night, and sometimes when I get through preaching revivals, I just drive all the way home. And so Debbie kind of stays up until I crash somewhere or or whatever, or not I go to bed somewhere she, you know, she ain't waiting on me to crash can somebody help me amen although the other day I come in she's sitting on the edge of the bed pastor we may need your help she was sitting on the edge of the bed looking at our marriage license crying I mean crying her eyes out and I sat by and thought she was having a moment put my arm around her and said honey what's the matter she said there's no expiration date on these things <laughs> amen amen but at any rate and so I, I got tired and I said I need a motel Debbie get on the internet and find one close, I'm right here. And then she started telling me, you just passed, I was going by Survivor, you just passed that knife cutting place, said just go on up on the hill right up behind that other, uh, that, that chocolate place there, on the hill up there, there's a motel and you can go up there and got you a room. I said, how are you knowing this? I know right where you're at. I'm watching you travel all the way. Ooh. They got me to, if I stopped by a store and there's another store about I shouldn't be at, I said, now Debbie, I'm walking in here to get me a Coca-Cola I ain't at that other store. amen. Amen. But hear me, if they can do all that, things is adding up. And if you don't, now I ain't worried about it because we're going to go in the rapture. And I'm meddling here. i got to get back to the Word. But hear me and hear me real, 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 real close. God, help us to get where signs and wonders start following us again. And the church ain't just some place we go to because Mama brought us up to, but we come expecting God to do something that only God can get the glory for. Let us come believe in God that the sick will come, but they'll leave well. Let us come believe in God that the bound will come, but they'll get delivered. Let us come to church, God, understanding that because of your grace, it was enough to save me, but it was more than that. It was the empowering presence of God that enabled me to be, what you created me to be, and do what you call me to do. The last scripture I'll read to you is kind of one that kind of messed with me when I found it. First Peter chapter 4 verse 10. Look at this. 1 Peter chapter 4 and, and verse 10. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. Now look at this last part of this verse. It says stewards of the manifold grace of now, how can I be steward over something that was just sent down to save me? I got to manage the grace that God has given me to be what He created me to be and do what He's called me to do. I want to end with a true story. That one I made up, but this one, this one's true. Now don't leave saying that preacher's a liar. He made up a story. No, that was just that was just to wake you up so I could tell you something really good. Amen. If you read the book, The Last Hero of the Titanic. You'll find a story about a Methodist preacher, an evangelist, if you will, that was traveling over here from overseas, was traveling over here and got a ride on the Titanic with his daughter and her nanny to come over here and do a revival in one of our cities. And you know the story, the Titanic hit an iceberg and, and sunk. And this man, he went through the Titanic as it was sinking. John Harper is his name, look it up. He went through the Titanic screaming, All the women, children, and the unsaved get on the lifeboats. All women, children, and the unsaved get on the lifeboats. Well, you know the story. The Titanic sunk and the people that were on lifeboats made it. But you don't know this part, or I didn't know it. John Harper had a life preserver and all the people floating on debris. He was swimming to each one and asking them, Do they know Jesus? And he was winning them to the Lord, as they hung on to a lifesaver, as they hung on to a, to a piece of wood or whatever. He he swam the one young man, and he said this: He said, "Son, do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior?" And he said, "No, I wasn't raised that way. I don't know nothing about Jesus. Well, would well, you don't accept him? No, I've lived this long without him. I don't, I don't need him now." And John Harper, in freezing water, pulled off his life, preserve, his life jacket and threw it threw it to the young man and said, here, you need this more than I do, and started swimming without his life jacket, person to person. And that young man sat there with the life jacket and heard as his voice got faint and he sunk to his chilly death. Now, how do we know that story? Because the young man that took the life jacket lived gave his life to Jesus Christ and later told the story of the last hero of the Titanic. When I read that, I said, God, I thought, I thought I'd done something by stepping out from a nuclear plant and becoming a preacher. I thought I'd done something by leaving a church of a 1,000. they they done me good. My salary was six figures, and they bought me a new truck every four years, and it was a Ford. Can somebody hear me? Amen. If they'd have bought me a Chevrolet, I would have left a lot sooner. Amen, amen. But I'm kidding. I'm kidding but I stepped out of that to evangelize and I thought I'd done something I was riding down the road when I, when I heard that story and, and I was riding down the road and I, I was even thinking God I've been away from my house and my farm and my family for, I, I went on a 41 day tour, preached 41 nights in a row and I said boy I've really done a lot this week God and this little while and, and I, I said I ain't done nothing I ain't done nothing that man, would I have done that would I have done that you know what he was? He was a steward of the grace that God placed on him. I know this is different from a Sunday morning evangelist coming 95% of people that say they're Christians has never won a single person to the Lord 95 are we being stewards of the grace that God has bestowed upon us or have we got that grace that enables us to be what he created us to be and do what he's called us to do? Are we stewards of are we stewards of grace? Or have we gotten so comfortable knowing that we're saved and on the way to heaven and this is not this is not a hospital. It's just a bus that we're gonna ride until we till we get to heaven. And if we don't like this model, we'll just go get on another one and we'll just ride Am I making sense? If we don't like that if we don't like that driver, we'll go get us another one. And if we don't like the way that the music that they're playing on the radio, we'll go get another one. And and we just Am I making sense? And we never win anybody to Jesus Christ. Because we're not stewards. I know I'm an evangelist. I know we're in corona. I know that an evangelist is supposed to have you standing to your feet and shouting before he leaves. And I got it kind of quiet. Matter of fact, it's quieter than I've seen it in a long, long, long time. Amen. I've turned y'all from a Pentecostal church, and it didn't take me but, what, 30 minutes. I've turned y'all from an on-fire Pentecostal church into a white Episcopalian church in just a little while. Amen, 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 amen. But hear me, what would happen if we really looked at grace, at what grace really is? that enables me to be what he created me to be and to do what he's called me to do. Father, thank you for grace. Where would I be? I wish I could sing. I wish I could sing. You can sing. Come here. Come here, girl. You, I know you can sing. Do you know this song right here? If you don't, I'm going to sing it. Where would I be? You only know I'm glad you see Through eyes of love An empty space A hopeless case If not for grace Where would I be? You only know I'm glad you see Through eyes of love A hopeless case An empty space If not for grace Would you stand with me all over this place? Just stand with me all over this place. This morning's been different. I will have to say When the Lord began to deal with me, I take no opportunity lightly to preach this gospel. I'm going to ask you if you can hang with us for two more minutes at least. But hear me, I don't take no appointment lightly. If I get to preach, somebody said the other day, and and this was a compliment, they said, I've heard you preach camp meetings to thousands, and I've heard you preach to tens, and you preach the same. Because I take no appointment lightly. You don't know what the grace of God's going to do. You might be, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm. A, I, I don't want to change your opinion about me. If you like me, if you don't like me, I hope I do change your opinion about me. But, 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 hear me. I was kind of, kind of brassy one day, thinking, thinking that, boy, I've done a lot for God. This, look what all we've done, and this has been just great. And I even got to imagining, I'm going to receive a crown in heaven for what I've done here. And God spoke to me as clear as I've ever heard Him. He said, you know who's going to have one of the biggest crowns in heaven? I said, tell me, God, I'm thinking it's going to rhyme with orange. Amen, amen. He, says, he said, the woman that kept the nursery while Billy Graham's mama got saved, she's going to receive a big Because Billy Graham, well, anyway, So it ain't about how we measure. Matter of fact, the Bible said if you compare yourself amongst yourself, you're not wise. Some people don't do nothing for God because they can't preach like Pastor Sean or they can't sing like one of these praise team members or they can't play an instrument. So I'm just a nothing, nothing. No! The baby that you change a diaper for in the nursery may grow up to be the next evangelist that changes the entire world. Wow. Matter of fact, when I was at Unity pastoring my nursery worker uh, she, she went and she was amazing and she went and made sure every baby had a new diaper before they left and she went and had a bunch of stickers made up and every baby had it stamped on the back of their diaper said I was changed at Unity Church of God Amen, Amen, Amen I don't know what God's calling you to do I don't know what he's created you to do it may be for that one cashier at Walmart that's struggling with her life right now and he may give you a headache just so you could go by and get some bare aspirin and pay for it at her because the steps of righteous people are over the Lord. Just so you can tell her that Jesus loves her. I don't know. I, I believe there's a lot. I, I got to tell this. and I, I, I busted my neck. I busted a disc in my neck. And I had to go to, to the doctor. It was kind of an emergency deal. And the doctor operated on me and they had me in a big old neck brace thing and And I come back from my appointment and the doctor, doctor come in and sat down and he he jokingly said this, he's a good doctor. He said, he said, what's wrong with you preachers? I said, what do you mean? He said, you're the fourth preacher I had to operate on their neck in the last month. And before I even thought about it, I said, it may not be his preachers. Are you saved? And he looked at me and started crying and sat down on a stool by me. He said, no, I'm not. I said, well, you got to get saved because God's going to keep breaking all those preachers necks until you do. And I sat there and talked to him, weeping, tears running down his chin. He didn't accept the Lord, but boy, I planted a good seed. He never did look at me. I got up and left. They charged me $40. I said, I should have took up an offering in there. Amen. But hear me. Would God let a disc bust in my neck for me to go tell that doctor about about, about, about grace? I don't know. He let Jesus leave the portals of glory, come to this earth, let him beat him till he was unrecognizable. Let him stick a spear in his side. Let him place a crown of thorns on his head. Let him shove his mom at the foot of the cross and wouldn't let him do nothing about it. Am I making sense? Drive nails in his hand and his feet just so George Moxley on the third Sunday night of April 1989 could come down and let grace start something in my life. And I pray. I look back over my 30 years of being a Christian. 30 Almost 30 Well. 31 years now. There's been a lot of times I've failed him. A lot of times I've been short. But I'm thankful that he didn't take his grace away and he continues to let me be what he created me to be and strive to do what he's called me to do. Now that's just my personal story. What's yours? Father, I'm getting ready to give this altar call. And God, if somebody that needs saving grace, let them be saved somebody needs restoration grace let them be restored this morning young Ashley gave her life back to you God we were still rejoicing over that if somebody needs delivering grace let them be delivered somebody needs healing grace let them be healed but God is the bulk of his congregation stands before you God we need that grace that empowering presence of you that enables us to be what you created us to be and do what you called us to do. Let grace be showered out upon us this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a second. They're getting ready to sing. They're gonna lead us in worship for two minutes. And as they lead us in worship, we're gonna invite the King of Kings to come in. I'm gonna ask you to hang with me at least two minutes. And then at the end of that two minutes, I'm gonna give an order call. And if there's something you need grace to do, if there's something you need the empowering presence of God to accomplish, maybe you got a son, maybe you got a daughter that's lost, maybe you got a husband, maybe you got somebody that you love, maybe it just ain't working, maybe it just ain't, you've lost your joy, you've lost that peace. Maybe I, I could name a million things and hope I get yours, but hear me, hear me. If you say, God, i need i need something that only grace only grace can do i need to be something that only grace can cause me to be i need to do something that only grace can empower me to do then i'm going to ask you to come with this altar but first for the next two minutes worship with our praise team worship